What you about to witness is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. First, first podcast. Second, I did the one with. Um, oh my gosh, this is my mind. Uh, <laughs> CrossFit protocol. Okay, yeah. nice. What's up, friends, family, distant relatives, enemies, whoever listens to this? Enemies We're back. Know. Yeah, enemies, you got it. <laughs> got a special episode today. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Hellspot. And Hellspot.com. Hellspot is the place in Indianapolis to get all your vitamins and supplements. They've been in the game for 20 years, and they know what they're doing. They take care of every customer, and the customer service, I'm here to tell you firsthand, is out of control. So go check them out. It's Hellspot, located in Fishers, Avon, Broad Ripple, and Greenwood. So they got a spot near you. And speaking of Hellspot, got a very dear friend here with me today. Here we go. I'm, I'm excited for this. This is, uh, so Amber Khan, he's the owner of Hellspot and the operator. He's been a, a great mentor to me. He uh, holds me to account. A lot of people don't. He always tells me what I need to hear instead of what I want to hear, which I greatly appreciate. I don't get that enough. You're, but. you're a hustler, so. <laughs> Welcome. What's going on, man? Another day, man. Another day. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So yeah. Thanks for the plug for Hellspot, too. Appreciate yeah, yeah. That, well. that was a nice little impromptu there we advertisement. Go. There we go. <laughs> So, what's new in your world? Oh, man. Always work, right? Yeah. So, just, you know, currently just constantly reinventing the retail stores. So, mm-hmm. tying that whole omni-channel where hellspot.com tied with the retail stores. So, omni-channel. What do you mean? Um, so, pretty much anybody in the retail world, you know, they're going to have to focus on omni-channel, meaning that that customer is going to have to be able to purchase that product wherever they choose. Mm-hmm. So basically tying hellspot.com to the retail world. Okay. Um, and it needs to be one experience. So if you're able to create that, um, well, you don't have a choice. Nowadays, if you open a retail store, most of them have to create that. So companies like Best Buy working on the ability to go to bestbuy.com, also go and pick up in the store, right? Right. So you have to be able to, even in the small stores, create that omni-channel approach. So... You know, retail has changed so much, especially in the last 10 years. So we're kind of, it's, it's a two-prong approach is build the website in a way that's attractive for people and then change the retail experience for people who do want to go and engage in the retail store mm-hmm. because that's turning into an experience, right? So the, the old school way of having a retail store is dead mm-hmm. you know, or dying for a lot of people. So. so you've been in the game for a while. When, oh, yeah. did, you, when did you start? Or t- how did Hellspot start? All right, so uh, 1992, my mom was losing her hair. Okay, so she's like, she wants a few doctors. She's like, hey, you know, my hair's falling out. Um, the doctors couldn't help her. She started doing some research on her own and just kind of realized the benefits of vitamins. And then our hair started to grow back and started to get healthy again. She just realized she was deficient in vitamins. Okay. So being like, you know, poor immigrant family, my mom's like, hey, let me go get a job. And she went to GNC and got a job to she can get the employee discount to mm-hmm. afford her vitamins. So she started GNC in 92, was there six months, six to eight months or so. Hired my older brother in the GNC and then just thought she could do it better. So okay. she went across the street and rented like a little ghetto strip mall spot. And in ni- May of 93, she opened up Hellspot. Okay, so I was wrong. It's 
I was, yeah, I, I should have known that. Yeah. So it's been like 26. It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah, dang. So then I was, I was 14 at the time, so it was us three boys. We kind of grew up in the back, and then my mom was in the front of the store, and we just kind of saw her do her thing, and obviously it was a different world back then. Right. Yeah, you said research in 1992. What does that even look like? Like, that's before Google? Like, Think there's information yeah. before Google? Yeah, so you had to pick up books and read them, and... Um, she would go to local vitamin stores and ask a thousand questions, but she just realized that, you know, the importance of vitamins for her and then said, Hey, I think I can do this for other people. So then she had the store from so 93 and then I graduated college in 02. And then that's when we opened up the second location. So my older brother opened up one actually in Castleton. Um, and then just kind of hustled between 02 and then 2008 was the defining moment when the economy was tanking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going on at Hellspot to the point where my mom was done with it. My brother's kind of done with it as well. It was a hard time there too. So I purchased it for my mom in 2008 and then just started the rebranding it. At that point, we had three stores, no POS system. All three stores looked different, ran different. There was no you know, uh, uniformity amongst them. And then slowly started just kind of chugging, trying to create something where it was a, a similar experience in all the stores. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I had lunch with my wife's family over by the one store. I think it's off Lafayette. The original, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's the original store? Mm-hmm. Well, the spot, yeah, that, that, the original spot, yeah. Okay. that's <laughs> yeah. So that, that logo was hilarious. Well, that's the, sec- that's the <laughs> secondary logo, our very first logo. Uh, I think if you go to our Facebook page and you scroll down to the beginning or wherever, when I was born or whatever, you can see the original. Oh, really? Logo, yeah. So it was kind of rough, but uh, yeah, that whole area on Lafayette Road on the west side of Indianapolis was completely different. Lafayette Square Mall was the spot to go. Right. So that whole area is changed completely, you know, different world than it used to be. I mean, think about Simon Mall is based out of here, and that used to be a Simon property that they got rid of. So, you know, kind of when the whole internet take over, that those stores just couldn't maintain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, so we're in 2008. And what was, like, the biggest thing you wanted to change? When it, when it was, like, yours, what, when did you decide, or what did you decide? That well, you at that point, you know, if you're, if you're operating three stores with three separate systems, you're just frustrated, right? It's just, there's a lot of friction in the business. So it was like, okay, let's try to reduce the friction and play, you know, see what I can learn in the retail game. So it was... You know, if you went to our health spot in La- on Lafayette Road or you went in Greenwood, we w- I wanted to create a similar experience. That's what it came down to. And I wanted the ability to transfer products amongst our stores. So in 2009, um, at that point, I had this old Acura TL that I bought in 2001, and it was breaking down. So I had to decide to either get a new car or invest in the POS system. So I found this POS system I wanted really bad but it was like 20, 21,000 that I know I could put on a lease payment. So I just kept the Acura and then I bought this POS system for on like a three year lease to buy type setup. Mm-hmm. And POS is point of sale point for anybody sale, that doesn't yeah. know. So it was like a, a central system to be able to control the stores. And that was in 2009. And also in 2009, remember the recession just hit, it was really bad. Right. Um, I saw a lot of stores leaving Lafayette Road area and going into Avon. So then I gambled and opened up a store in Avon at Raceway in Rockville, um, our Avon location in 2009 at the same time. So it was just, you know, you're just, you're, you're fired up. I got full control to do what I need to do now. And uh, I said, heck, you know, let's just give it a shot and see how it plays out. Okay. And so 
you know, outside of Hellspot, what else? I mean, what do we have? What do we have here? What is this? It's, it, well, this is well, just trying out some new CBD stuff, right? Okay. So I created my own brand in oh my gosh, twenty fourteen. Uh, and we just called it Selfie, so it's like self-evolution, so mm-hmm. Selfie for short. Yes, that's very creative. I like that. <laughs> um, and then last year, we decided to get into the CBD game, mm-hmm. um, which sounds so weird now because everybody and their mom's in the Right, yeah. So, but um, Kind of a gold rush. Yeah, but it's, I think the, it's starting to diminish already. So okay. people who just got into it, because like, hey, I'm going to try to get rich, with no business acumen or no like structure on how they wanted to approach it, I think they're all starting mm-hmm. to see what's happening. Um, so you know, we got into that game, and I, you know, once I tried CBD the first time myself, I thought it was just amazing. I don't think I thought the price points were crazy, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and you saw what was out there. But the benefits of it—it's going to be a commodity. It's going to be everywhere, and there's going to a lot of people. A lot of people going to be taking it just as uh, overall health benefit. It just won't have this crazy you know, price points and mentality, and it's just going to be different. I mean, when creatine came out in 96, 97, you, you spent 40 bucks on 300 grams. It's like a month's supply, and now that same product is probably 10 bucks. Really? So there's certain products in our industry that just become commoditized, mm-hmm. um, and I think CBD is one of those things. I mean, okay. it's great as an anti-inflammatory. It's, it's a great product. It's just we need enough regulation to make sure people aren't buying fake product. Yeah. Uh, and the price points need to come down so they can just hit everybody. Yeah. So I was in Colorado two months ago to visit the farm that we're kind of teamed up with to make sure that we're just staying on top of quality and then being able to um, keep up with the changes mm-hmm. as it turns into more of a commodity product. Yeah, you see, I mean, now now you see CBD everywhere, right? Yeah. But, like, a lot of them you see, they're just, like, really shitty-looking products. And you did a fucking awesome job branding Thanks. branding yeah. yours. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Everybody out there, go to selfie, S-E-L-F-E dot com. My guy did a phenomenal job on the packaging and the website and everything. It's beautiful, so I'm yeah. really excited. I mean, listen, I there's um, creating a brand is fun, mm-hmm. you know, because you basically you, you think about a name, then you have to design a package, uh, and then you have to make sure you combine that with the business side of it. You know, there's right. so many companies that... Which is the hard part. I can speak yeah, firsthand man, on time, that. Yeah, it, ta- <laughs> it, ta- it takes energy. And I think some people just, hey, you know, you see a lot of these Insta-famous people like, oh, I'm going to do a pre-workout and a protein. And then me as a retailer, I've been selling the stuff forever. When I buy their product and you see the fact that they just did not pay any attention to detail, mm-hmm. uh, drives me crazy. I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus, but it's it's some big names. And you're like, this is ridiculous that, you know, you're not even <clears throat> taking care of the details on your own packaging. Yeah, I mean, you probably see that a lot. You've been oh in the game gosh. for a long time. You know, I love business, right? So I, mm-hmm. I, I started my first business when I was 19. So What did you do? Um, I didn't know I, that. Yeah, I started, uh, I think I showed that to you. It was, oh, yeah, you did. First class restaurant delivery. So oh. it was me and a buddy of mine. We started, um, <laughs> we had two-way radios. <laughs> we rented this little spot. We made these little magazines. I went to restaurants around town. I'd be like, hey, listen, I'm going to deliver your food. Give me, 20, I think it was 20% cut, and I'll deliver it. You're already making the food. <clears throat> it's crazy because now it's everywhere, right? Right, yeah. But back then, think about This is pre-smartphone. Right. So this is 97, 1997. So at the time, I was in college. and 90- That's back in the car phone days. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 97, 98, I'm... I'm um, I'm in college. I am actually working at the residence in downtown on the canal. I was there for like five or six years. Mm-hmm. I was working a night shift. So it's like 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. 
I'm reading Entrepreneur Magazine, of course, because it's my thing at that time. Yep. And I read about these guys who have a restaurant delivery service in California. It was called Restaurants on the Run. I don't know if they're still around or not. So I researched this, and I'm like, man, this is great. There's nothing like that here in Indy. Um, and I just, you know, decided to research this restaurant delivery business. And I reached out and just called the guys from the magazine. That's why I tell people, just have initiative. Just do it. Mm-hmm. So I called these guys, and they said, actually, there's a convention coming up in Las Vegas. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm 19 at the time. Like, I'm just going to go. So I jumped on a plane, went to this restaurant delivery convention, met these guys, and figured, oh, you know, I think I can do this. And just kind of took everything they did and scaled it down, um, but made sure every piece of it that I got into had the ability to scale up. And I think it's a, it's a big mistake a lot of businesses make. When you're creating something, even you don't, you don't know where it's going to go, make sure whatever you're investing, let's say you're investing in software, make sure mm-hmm. that software has the ability to scale. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of took what these guys were dominating with in California and did it here. So uh, it was fun, man. It was a great experience. And 19 being in Las Vegas with all these like successful business people and a lot of those people mentoring me because I'm just like just kid, can't right, even yeah. drink, you know, just, just bouncing around. So it was a phenomenal learning experience. Yeah, that was one thing I noticed like, because I was, I was hustling pretty young too and one thing I always notice is like people that are, you know, that are having success or at least starting to, they're like so down to help some kid that's hustling. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, cause it makes you feel good. And you love to see like somebody young taking initiative instead of like wasting their time with the typical, typical oh, yeah. shit. And especially when somebody does it for you, then you definitely want to do it for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And you feed off that energy, right? When that person mm-hmm. gets excited. And if you genuinely love business and entrepreneurship, it's, it's something that you don't really want to. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of talking too much. Not, I mean, I talk about this stuff all day long. Yeah. Because it's fun to me. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never dies. But that was a, at 19, that was the greatest experience. And I had a business partner at the time. And I learned, uh, you know, it, we we're 50 50 business partners. So I, I got to learn about having a partnership too, mm-hmm. which has, a, you know, its own challenges in its own world. So. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's very, very tough. So you got to have the right partners if you're going to get in that. That can destroy a business very quickly if yeah. the partnership isn't on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had uh, other partnerships in the past that didn't work out, and it usually just came down to one small – it was usually more of a character thing. Like we – like the partner would see one thing, and I would see it completely different just because of the way that we viewed the world. Yeah. And it's really hard to scope some of that stuff out. Well, I think as you get older, you get – you start realizing the importance of communication. Mm-hmm. And that partnership didn't work out because of just lack of communication, right? Yeah. There was things that you were thinking that you weren't saying. Um, and at 19, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Great lesson learned. Life goes on. But I think, I tell people all the time when you're in partnerships, you, you can't pull punches. You, know, yeah. you have to say exactly what you're seeing. Document a lot of stuff at the very beginning so everybody kind of understands where each other is. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, so I did that at 19, and then I opened up... Um, a, uh, I tried to I do a fit, I did a fitness magazine. I know you. I, I, that gonna, I Yeah, I was <laughs> just gonna bring it up. You brought you did the original indie fitness magazine. Yeah, <laughs> it's called IFQ Indie Fitness Quarterly. Nice. And I basically went to a bunch of vendors. I was selling their products. I think I was twenty two at the time. Twenty two, twenty three. I would just call vendors that would buy their products, saying, "Hey, listen, I'm making this magazine. Will you either buy an ad or give me free product as like a comp out so I could do so I can make this magazine?" Mm-hmm. And the magazine made profit the very first one. Oh shit! But then We're I re- still trying. <laughs> yeah, but I, I realized it was so time-consuming, you know, mm-hmm. that unless I was just going to do that, I wasn't going to be able to, you know, generate the revenue that made sense. But it was once again great learning experience. You know, was it like to make a tangible print magazine mm-hmm. and then distribute that, you know, magazine throughout gyms and fitness places around Indy? 
uh, was a heck of an experience too. You I know? bet. Yeah. So. Yeah, we like in the beginning, everyone was asking like, "Are we gonna do a print magazine?" We looked at it, and it was just like crazy, crazy starting costs and crazy yeah. amounts of work that had to go into it. Like, it just wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, we just found a couple local people to like kind of contribute articles, try to put some good content, put in some ads. But yeah, it was you know we didn't make you know, you know we covered all the costs, but it wasn't a huge profit engine. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, driving around the town, delivering the magazines, it was just it's a complete business on its own. But uh, once again, great experience. That's why I tell people when you're young, just try it. You know, if, you, if it's something you're interested in that you want to put energy into, you'd be surprised the skills you learn. So. Mm-hmm. What kind of differences have you seen between, like, in the industry now, like, now and when you, like, first got in, so, like, during, like, the IFQ times? Um, the supplement game? Uh, industry, yeah, supplement game, fitness game, I mean, all of it. you know, it's the touch points. I was having a conversation with somebody, actually, a couple of days ago about this. You know, the places where you could buy supplements is now, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So think about this is prior to the websites blowing up. Mm-hmm. And people who don't remember, like, there was this whole transition, even when bodybuilding.com, which was one of the first in our industry, people were leery to put their credit card numbers on websites. Right. You know, there's that time frame for a while. Um, So the biggest difference now is if you want vitamins or supplements, they're available everywhere. Grocery stores, websites. I mean, the, the, the amount of touch points to get the product and distribution points for supplements and vitamins is you know, 20-fold compared to what it was, you know, when my mom opened in 93. Are there more, I mean, I assume there's a lot more people taking supplements. Correct, now. yeah. So you have the actual people using them increasing. Mm-hmm. Then you have the distribution, the actual number of products increasing. You have the places people can get it increasing. The commoditization of certain products in our industry happening where the margins that were, you know, in 93, um, let's say to at least 2001 or so, you were making 50 points plus on everything you sold. Right. You know, there was no such thing as having less than a 50% profit margin. The only real competition would be GNC would do a gold card the first Tuesday of the month. You know, So it was a whole different world. Your biggest competition for discounters would be a catalog. Where remember the gold to, card? Yeah, you remember the gold card? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you had to pay for it. And it was like literally before they did the week, they just did a day, the first mm-hmm. Tuesday of the month. But then, the, you know, you had people come in with catalogs saying, I can call and order these supplements online, and basically they'll mail them to me. And it was just, it was a different world back then. Um, and now what you're just seeing is just, in my opinion, too many brands. Yeah. Like, the amount of brands in our industry is just getting a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, whenever we were working together, and even now, like, people hit us up on our, on our page trying to figure out how they can get to you. Like yeah. all the time, and we're like, "Hey, just go fill out this form." And we probably have sent twenty people there, and how many ha- actually fill out the form? Yeah, that's why I have to do that link. So right. you know, people call me all the time, like, "Hey, I have this." You know, my buddy created a company. It has one product. It's a pre workout, which is the most saturated part of our industry yeah. in the first place. It's the best pre workout. It has the secret ever. ingredient. Yeah. Um, and listen, I appreciate the hustle. And, yeah, you know, it's not. But I just tell people go to our website, scroll to the bottom, click on new vendor. And one of the, the things that stops people is there's a part there where you have to click to put your insurance certificate. Uh, and a lot of these hustlers, like, they're getting into it and like, oh, I didn't think about that. I have to have product liability insurance. And I'm like, yeah. you know, it's, if you're going to do things, you need to do it the right way. Same thing when we created Selfie. You know, we went to, you know, the best companies we could to get good product liability insurance and, and do everything right, you know, register everything correctly, register the trademarks. Like, uh, take the time to research your craft. If you're going to get into something, ask a ton of questions, you know. 
and get into it the right way. But I see people who launch a pre-workout, they don't have barcodes, they don't have, they didn't register their name, uh, they didn't, you know, they don't have insurance. And I'm like, these are the real costs. Because if you believe in your product, then stand behind it. But mm-hmm. you need to do some of the basic stuff at first. Go register your barcode, just all that stuff. So. What kind of, what supplements do you take? Oh, man, this would be a long podcast. This would be Joe Rogan. <laughs> That's fine. I take got all afternoon. I mean, you know, look, I turned 40 this year, so a lot of what I'm going to do is going to be for health. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm taking, you know, a good multivitamin, obviously, I created you one. Take the so, yeah, one. I take the selfie one. I love one, yeah. that one, dude. Um, yeah, thanks. We had great feedback on that. Um, I take black garlic. I'm a huge fan of. That's um, good for your immune system. I take amla, Indian gooseberry. It's good for your immune system. I take a lot of things to make sure that I have good daily energy all day long, and I'm protecting my immune system. So at this point, health and daily energy are crucially important to me. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, I just stack a, I take a ton of different things. Wintertime, I'm taking vitamin D. I take a, a good vegan D3, 5,000 I use. And sometimes I'll probably do two of those a day. So you got to find, you know, what your needs are and then find the right supplements for that. Does that vitamin D actually help in the... Yeah, I mean, you're not getting any vitamin D when you're not in the sun. Right. So if you're deficient, it can affect your mood. Yeah. So for me, it's mood. I hate, I mean, the, I don't want to say I hate the winter, but I'm not the biggest fan of... Yeah. No sun and being inside in the wintertime. So. Yeah, I get depressed as hell. Yeah, so <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, just try vitamin D, you know? if you're, if, you know, Some people get their blood tests and they know they're deficient, but mm-hmm. it's a nice, easy try. But, you know, especially when you know you're going you're gonna to be in a time frame like the winter where it's going to be challenging for you, just make mm-hmm. sure your diet and your exercise are on point. You can control those two things, right? Right. Even if you're having the worst day, control what you eat and get a little exercise and you'll be shocked. I mean, obviously, I went, you know, I went vegetarian five years ago, and it's not for everybody. I just tell people, if you're not feeling good, play with your diet. Mm-hmm. See what you're doing in your diet and find what works for you. You know, so I went vegetarian five years ago and vegan three or uh, two, and for me, it's perfect. I tell people, it ain't for everybody. I'm not the guy who goes around saying, be a vegan. You know? Yeah. People will come to me if they're interested in it. I'll give them that information. But I tell people, if you're not, ha- you're not feeling good, explore your diet. Maybe you go keto. Maybe you, whatever your decision is to go, you know. What made you decide that you wanted to do that? To go... To go vegetarian and then to go vegan? Well, I was having digestive issues. Like, I'd get, like, random bloating. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, man, this is just... I couldn't isolate it, right? So I found some, like, supplements that would help. But I was like, let me just... For me, let me just start cutting out some things and seeing if that helps. And I realized when I cut out... Uh, when I cut out meat, it just... For my... Me personally, it worked. Mm-hmm. Not... Okay... Meat wasn't a big factor. Cutting out dairy for me was a game changer. Okay. So when I went vegetarian, it was okay. When I went vegan, for me, it was life-changing in the amount of energy I had in my sustained energy. And once again, I'm not the vegan goes to tell everybody to be a vegan. You know? yeah. I just tell people, if you're not feeling good in your diet, switch some things around. Try it. Do it for two weeks. Um, I just tell people, just you know, do your research ahead of time so you know what you're getting into. I think with all these with all these Netflix, you know, you're hearing this crap yeah. all the time. I, mean, I get phone calls all the time, like, slow down, let's yeah. do some research, and blah, blah, blah. How, uh, I mean, you see it all the time now. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, I went vegan, and my life is different. Everybody needs to be vegan. Are you, like, in the camp, like, you just did it because you felt good, or are you in the in the camp of, like, meat is murder? I'm in the camp. I, <clears throat> I mean, I'm just be honest. I feel good, right? I yeah. do it because I feel good, period. Okay. Now... Is there some environmental aspects that I think are crucially important that people are ignorant of? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Like 
I mean, a lot of this meat's crap, man. Let's just, you know, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, isn't I, like beef responsible for like a shit ton of air quality pollution or yeah. something like that? I mean, it's or it's a it's a, it's a factor. Monoxide? It's a factor, right? Yeah. So I don't have the data on what factor, but it's it's a factor. But I just tell people when they're like, "Oh, I love my meat." Okay, well then buy the highest quality, best meat you can get and use less of it. So people tell me, "I, I want to eat meat." You shouldn't be buying 99-cent ground chuck. Right. I don't give a fuck how poor you are, right? Just buy higher-quality meat and use less of it. Learn how to use vegetables, beans, and other things so mm-hmm. you can use meat that was sustainably raised, you know, raised and, and, and you know, in a good environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and why are you putting meat in your body that's low-quality or not even paying attention to that? Now, once again, like, this is stuff I never thought about before. It's just when you age and you start paying attention to your health more, you're like, all right, man, I want to make sure whatever I put touch with my hand and put in my mouth is going to be the highest quality I can get. Yeah. Majority of the time. So, you know, you talk to people who are hunters, like, hey, I kill a deer and I eat it for the year. I mean, I'm not knocking those people. I, that's, yeah. that's, I'm not like, hey, don't do that. I'm, my feeling is we have a bigger problem, which is the mass amount of meat that is garbage out here. Right. And I, I don't think anybody can argue with that. Right, yeah. It's just a lot of garbage meat. Yeah, and how much does that, like, like, how much does that affect the way my body processes? I don't know how much you know about this. I assume you know a decent amount, though. Like, if I'm eating, like, a fucking chicken nugget versus, like, a grain-fed, free-range chicken breast, like, how is that affecting the way that my muscle builds? I mean, you're talking about God knows what toxins are in that mm-hmm. cheaper, you know, meat, or what antibiotics they're pumping in it. If, it. if no one's paying any attention, they're just trying to maximize profit. Uh, and that's going to get into your body, right? So right. some of these chickens, they pump them with, with you know hormones so much that they have to kill them in a certain um, lifespan because they can't stand any longer, right? Because their breasts are so big, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and once again, I tell people that sounds like Instagram. If you if you want to <laughs> eat meat, just do a little research. Like I don't think that's too much to ask. Like, yeah. hey, I love chicken. Okay, well, do a little research on where your chicken comes from that you're choosing to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the first step. I think if you go out here and tell everybody stop eating meat and be a vegan, ain't nobody gonna pay attention to you. Yeah, just shut up with all that. You know, it's yeah. just, it, you can. I'm not knocking people who do that. I'm just saying it's not my approach. Right. I just tell people, hey, step one is let's start getting you to pay attention to everything you eat, right? And just don't eat mindlessly. And I think the majority of people who have health problems related to diets, a lot of those people just eat mindlessly, mm-hmm. or they're eating what they've just ate their whole life. They're not even thinking about it. Do you know much about intermittent fasting? I love it, man. Do you do it? Yeah. Okay. I love intermittent fasting. Okay, yeah. Dude, so you're like the second person like two or three days that I like respect and know that you know what you're talking about that's yeah. talking just so great about intermittent fasting. I don't really know how it works. Um, well, I started listening to... Well, with Joe Rogan, we have two people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhonda Patrick. Love, dude. Yeah. yeah, she's great. And then Peter Atia. Okay, I need to listen to it. So those would be the experts. I'm just dabbling in it. Mm-hmm. But I, whenever I do intermittent fasting, which I don't do it every day, okay. but I'm so busy, it wasn't that hard to do. I've been noticing that yeah. for myself. Like yeah. I'm eating like a shit ton of food in a small window, but I'm like still, I still look and feel great. Yeah, so let's say you don't really care about breakfast, but maybe you snack a little something. Then mm-hmm. you, you bust your ass all day and you get home at, at uh, you know, four or five Right. Like, why not just skip the breakfast? First of all, you know, know your health to know if this is good for you or not. Mm-hmm. But if you're drinking water throughout the day, just skip the breakfast. Try intermittent fasting where your fasting window is, you know, 
whatever, six to midnight, depending on when you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And just experiment with it. Yeah, Caitlin can't figure out, like, how I'm, like, because it usually ends up like that. Like, I might have, like, a small little thing, like, right before I go work out in the morning. But then, like, I just am busy all day, and sometimes I just, like, don't eat lunch, and then I'm fucking starving by the time dinner comes around. She's like, and then I have, like, a big-ass bowl of cereal after or something like that. And she's like, how are you eating so much and still look like that? Yeah, and think about if you skip the breakfast, right? Think about what your window is. So a lot of people will, you know, they'll kind of pick... 16, 8, or whatever they want. Mm-hmm. How many hours are you going to fast and how many hours is going to be your feeding window or whatever. But Peter Atia uh, is phenomenal. And his stuff, he does a lot of deep, deep research into the benefits of intermittent fasting. So does Rhonda Patrick. So okay. I respect those two when it comes to the amount of information they give you. It's crazy. Yeah, Rhonda Patrick had, I mean, you have to have a notebook and a pen and paper for hers. Oh, I haven't listened to his, but like. Damn, it's just so much like talking about broccoli sprouts. I think. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Is that what I it was? broccoli sprouts. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah, I love them, man. They're good. Yeah. So she says, I forgot sulforaphane or something that's in the broccoli sprouts in mm-hmm. a higher level than you're gonna find in in broccoli. So the sprouting broccoli is definitely more beneficial when it comes to um, longevity. I guess is part of it, okay. but just how your brain functions in general. Okay, and that's sulfur sulforaphane. Don't quote me on okay, that. Okay, I didn't know. I was just okay. guessing. But you know those two. You know I'm not the I'm not the expert on that, but I think that I love their information that they give you. Okay, Peter Tia goes hardcore. Sometimes he does uh, like longer periods of fasting where he'll do three to seven days. Damn. Of just water fasts. So, but check out his stuff. He has some really good YouTube videos that are kind okay. of delve into the science of it more. I think that I think the macro concept that I try to get people to do when I'm talking to them in the store about supplements because that's the big thing, right? People come into a supplement store and they think I'm just going to try to sell them some vitamins. Mm-hmm. And I, I stop the conversation as soon as we get to what their goals are because the diet's everything. Right. It's going to make them feel better. It's going to make the supplements work better. It's going to make the workouts better. Mm-hmm. So phase one it, for me when I'm talking to people about diet is let's just start to pay attention. Like, right. What are you eating? You know, And then start kind of looking at what your goals are and what your current health status is. Mm-hmm. So somebody has high blood pressure and high cholesterol – you know, of course, legally, I'm going to tell them to check with a doctor, and then I'm going to give them, like, the hardcore advice. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard you stop conversations, people asking about supplements, and, you're, and you ask, what's your diet like? And then they, well, none of these are going to work if your diet's not going to get better than that or something like yeah, that. Yeah, isn't it? You know, I just, I tell people the truth. If I know something, I'm going to tell you that, right? I bet they come back to you, though, because, like, you were honest with them. Yeah, you know, I think that's why we, we you know, it's it, that's why I train my guys on, mm-hmm. right? So whatever information you have, you need to give that customer. You can't hold back to make a profit. If you take care of a customer, if you're focused on customer service, the cash register always takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. And that lesson was taught to me by the guys at Restaurants on the Run, the that restaurant delivery service in 19. I remember I was in their office, uh, and I was just talking about how, how proud I am, like, how successful they are and everything, and he just told me, he goes, just focus on the customer. And then he goes, that cash register will always take care of itself. And it always works. So people come in there. A lot of times I'm going to tell them flat out, like, you know, there's things in your diet that just sound really off to me. Mm-hmm. So let's start working on that in combination with some supplements I think they need. But they'll naturally want to go to the vanity supplements, like pre-workout, right. fat burner, protein powder. And they want to skip over things like, do I need vitamin D or, you know, red yeast rice or whatever they might need in their situation as well. So... I've been taking the uh, the focus by Nutrion, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what it is? Relentless. It's it's their sister company. Okay. Uh, yeah, the line's called Relentless. It's in this little I package. I love that, dude. It's good stuff. Yeah. Focus. Do you take stuff. that or no? I'll take Nootropics. That I just 
for whatever reason, I like them. Mm-hmm. I don't get a huge effect. You know, I've taken a whole bunch from Alpha Brain to yeah. I, th- I think that there's a factor there, mm-hmm. uh, but for me particularly, it's not huge. But I know a lot of people who take it. Yeah, everybody's body chemistry is different, so you're going to react to things differently than other people. Yeah, my my caffeine tolerance is like through the roof. But whenever yeah. I'm whenever I take this nootropic that we're talking about, um, I just feel like it's more of a smooth. Like I can just sit in the same spot and do something for a long time. It's not like quite like an Adderall, but that's a you know, that's Extreme. a drug. Yeah. yeah. If so, it worked like Adderall, I'd be a rich guy sitting over here. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just I can sit down and I can, you know, the name, I can focus on yeah. something for a long period of time, which like caffeine just doesn't always do that for me. No, sometimes caffeine can just get you too hyper. Yeah. Like caffeine gets me them. jacked up sometimes yeah. and motivated, but like whenever I'm so motivated, I can't fucking can't focus, sit down. Yeah. I can't get anything done. Yep. And so that focus has been really helpful. So, but I, that, I, definitely with the nootropic category, and nootropic just meaning like things that help you with mental cognition and mm-hmm. memory and things. So, in the nootropic category, you have to experiment because I've just seen a wide variety of things working for one person, not working for another. That's interesting. Um, but that's the thing with supplements in general, right? You have to experiment. You, you got to listen to your body and figure out what's going to work for you. Same thing, like, you know, once again, going back to your diet, you got to figure out what your goals are and then make sure your food's in line with that. Mm hmm. How is how is Alpha Brain? Uh, I think it does really well. I think it's been doing really well for a long time. Okay, give me one second. Yeah, you good. All right, we're back. Sorry, folks, we had a quick visit from the uh, the landlord of the studio here, and uh, all is good though. All is good. Do you? So I mean, you. Every time I call you, it's like we have the quickest conversation. Like every conversation that we have is like thirty seconds or less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you move that fast, like always? No, actually, I'm trying to consciously make a decision to like slow that down. It obviously depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes, like people have too much fluff, and you got to cut down to it. Yeah, you're definitely not a fluff guy. In oh, all of yeah. our conversations, there's never been any fluff. Sometimes you just got to cut. Yeah, I appreciate that, though. By the way, you know, you remember when we met um, at the bar the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We was, bang- yeah. <laughs> what a small world that was. Yeah, that was like two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And we met the bar, and then within a week, we did our first contest on your page. We got yeah. our first giveaway. Less yeah, we moved week. fast. We yeah. moved fast, yeah. So it was just, that's just sometimes you have to because a lot of what me and you have done has been experimenting with things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So because there's going to be trial and error, we're just trying to fail fast, mm-hmm. right? So if things aren't going to work, let's just get it get over with, and let's mm-hmm. try new things. And I think that if you're in that mode... Um, you have to just move as fast as you can so you can see what's working and what's not. And then you got to know when to slow down because you're like, whoa, 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 we're getting some movement here. Okay. So let's slow down here. So I tend to be too hyper and too... (laughs) (laughs) So, but the idea is slow down when you need to have, you know, uh, just be more conscious of the decision that you're making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was was funny when we met. We were both with other people and like we ended up sitting next to each other at the bar top and then yeah. they're just sitting on both sides and we just talked for like 30 minutes <laughs> but you know that's what happens when you talk to other people who have you know have that business mind or wants to just throw ideas around yeah so it's fun man and it was good to, what, I, what i liked about that is we quickly started to do something right mm-hmm. it wasn't like the biggest thing but it was some motion i tell people when you meet people um, sometimes just get the ball rolling yeah just get something going 
Because really, when you're dealing with business partners, you need to get a bunch of experiences under your belt with them mm-hmm. so you can figure out how they are. You know, mm-hmm. like, are they ethically a good person? Are they on the same page? They have, you know, you're trying to grow in the same direction, those things. So I, I think it's crucial. Yeah, that was, that was funny. So what I was getting to with, like, the speed of things is, like, do you also optimize for your sleep? Like, are you do you take any supplements to help with your sleep, or do you you know have any CBD, kind of routine? I mean, I, I take CBD, but I, my sleep routine is serious. Like, yeah. I take, I take my sleep is like super important. Yeah. So it's all technology off an hour before, temperature low. Once again, Peter Atia does a lot of stuff about That's sleep. That's good. I need, I need to listen to this then. Um, so like you know, an hour before, you really need to cut everything off. I'll take my CBD because I think it helps to kind of uh, relax the mind when your mind's running constantly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then... Um, yeah, there's no sleep like a CBD sleep. Yeah, at some point. Oh, man. That's great stuff. I remember the first night I took some of your CBD yeah. and slept like a baby. And I don't like I I don't have any problem problem falling asleep. Sometimes I have issues staying asleep because like, I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to do this, this. And like I just... And I know I, it's like I can't get up because I haven't slept long enough. But I also can't get good sleep because I'm still like I'm wanting to do things. Yeah, and honestly, I think sleep is really a combination of different things, right? So once again, not just hey, take CBD, you'll sleep better, right? right. But I tell people same thing. I'm telling people who are like, hey, I need something to help with sleep. I'm like, all right, CBD is great, but let's talk about your routine. You know, mm-hmm. turn off the phone, turn off the TV, get all the technology kind of shut down an hour before. There's a lot of science be, uh, about the temperature. Bring the temperature down. What do you sleep at usually? Well, probably like. 60s, 67, 68. Yeah. Not that cold. Cause mm-hmm. I like, I like, I'm the type of person likes that likes to be warm. You know. Really? Yeah. When you sleep, man. Well, I like to be warm in general, but okay. I'll purposely bring the temperature down. Mm-hmm. But I sleep with like a heavy blanket. Yeah. You do that? Right? Yep. Yeah. So I sleep. With We're a heavy not one blanket. of those. Are you talking about one of those that's like intentionally heavy? Intentionally heavy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Been wanting to get one of those. Dude, crazy man. It's good stuff. So heavy blanket, and then you know. I invest in my mattress. I make sure my mattress is mm-hmm. on point. Like these are the things that are important because I've seen a big difference in getting good sleep. Yeah. But you have to be conscious about it. Be like I'm going to go to bed at this time and I'm going to start to wind down ahead of time. You can't be working hardcore on a computer and your phone and then just turn it off and lay down. And right. you know, for most people, it's not going to work. Yeah, I do that too much. Yeah, it does. And then the next thing is when you wake up in the morning, don't grab your phone first thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you told me you did that. I was like, man, you must be a crazy person. Yeah, people can't grab their phone first thing. You have to give yourself an hour mm-hmm. before you touch the phone. So I'm not, I haven't been doing a great job of that in the morning, but at night I have been, so I'll plug my phone in like an hour and a half or two hours before I go to bed and not look at it yeah. until I still look at it right before I go to bed. But <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch it. I mean, you got to let you give yourself time to mm-hmm. wind down or just turn off the, the unneeded alerts, right? Yeah, so I'm on do not disturb 100% of the time now because, like, I just get so easily distracted and have people hitting me up just for random shit all the time. And yeah. so I'm permanently on do not disturb. So yeah. if anybody calls me and my phone just goes straight to voicemail, if it's an emergency, call me back. It'll get through. But other than that, leave me alone. I'll yeah. get back to you. I think that's key, man. I think people have too many alerts on. But mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning, give yourself a half an hour, an hour of just, like, you time. Because typically, if you're like me, once you grab your phone... And if yeah. there's a few things on there, like your whole day, mentally, your whole day is started now. Yep. Right. It's not you time anymore. I need yeah. that morning me time before you know I get rocking in it. Because think about with between the retail stores, the brand, the thousand. You know, I have, I have four stores in a warehouse, so just things could happen with the locations. You know, maybe mm-hmm. internet's out or something crazy's happening. Once those things enter my brain, it's hard for me to 
say, okay, I'm going to pause for myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I just got to have that time first and then go rock and roll. And that's the time to work out and do everything before the day starts. Yeah, I made a huge mistake. It was like, I don't know, the other, maybe Monday morning, I rolled over and looked at my email. Bad decision. Yeah. Bad decision. Because you have, because then all of a sudden there's something in that email that triggered something. Then if you even put that phone back down and you say, okay, I'm going to give myself time, it's there now. It, yeah, it's there. It's stuck. Yeah. So, you know, I'll pay attention to missed phone calls in case mm-hmm. something, because, you know, this day and age, someone calls you, it's usually more. Mm-hmm. I'm weird. I like to talk, so I'm not the caller. But, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. But, but usually, you know, if I don't have any missed calls, it's urgent, then I'm going to go just have my, my time, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't care if it's half an hour, just so you can breathe and enjoy that time before the day goes. What time do you usually get started? 6, 6.30. Six, okay. Yeah. And then get to the warehouse at like 8 or? Yeah, I mean, on a good day, I'm, I'm up. I'll get a, you know, I'm pretty close to the gym. I'll go to the gym, get a workout, come back, get ready, try to get to the warehouse by 8. I like to, the store's open at 10. Let's say employees get there between, you know, 9.15 or 9. Um, so I like to be, in the warehouse so I can have an hour before the stores open or, you know, before the employees even get there a couple hours before a store opens. Okay. That way in case something's wrong, I can start troubleshooting it. Right. right. So how often does that happen? I don't know. just, who knows? <laughs> I'm so used to it now. I just, it yeah. just is what it is. You know, it seems like, you know, with that many moving pieces, like pretty consistently, there's probably something that comes loose. Yeah, and when things go wrong in your business, I think one of the first questions you want to ask yourself is, like, could I have avoided this? Mm-hmm. Was I procrastinating something that built up for this situation to happen? And then I think as experience, if you're conscious of that, which is, which is step one, because sometimes, and I've, I've been guilty of this, just running and running and running and not actually analyzing anything or paying attention to it, but when you're conscious of this, you're like, okay, why did this happen? Uh, I think a decent majority of those things, you could start to say, okay, I could have done this and this to avoid this, you know? Yeah. So I have, like, systems in play to alert me if Avon Store's internet is out. I'm going to know before the employee even walks in the door. Okay. So I'll invest in technology to create systems so there's not a surprise that I have to deal with later. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of... So I turn 30 next year. You just turned 40. So in the last 10 years, what's some wisdom that you think I'm, or the next 10 years, what's some wisdom you think I'm going to It's going to be better than the last 10. Yeah. 30 to 40 is phenomenal. Uh, Because you're, you typically, you're more awake than Mm -hmm. your 20s. It's, let me say, it's not better. It's different, right? Mm -hmm. But not in a negative way. I think sometimes people go into their 30s, probably not as much now as, as before, but they go into their 30s, not, you know, kind of missing their 20s or, you know, thinking it's going to be not as good. It's just as good, just different. Okay. You know, and I can already, yeah, I'm halfway through turning 40 and I can see this one being just as good. It's just, it's just a different chapter. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's exciting because you're paying attention more than you probably were when you were 20. Oh yeah. Right. So <laughs> not even close. Yeah. Exactly. So when you turn 40, you're going to pay attention differently as well. So okay. these phases are, man, it's just so fun. Right. I mean, it's a different set of experiences but you have the history that you have. You don't want to live your 20s continuously. Hell no. You know, people who say, like, it's just, you don't want to do that. It's right. a good run. Even do, like, look, look at your reaction, like, hell no. Yeah. You're like, that's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. You've seen me sleep deprived and unable to even have a conversation before. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready for that chapter to be over, but I'm just like, I just keep, I just keep doing it. 
you know, my advice is do things more consciously. That's it. Pay attention. Pay attention to why you're thinking something, why you're feeling something, why these situations happened. I didn't do that enough in my 30s. I think my 20s was just uh, uh, just a disaster, right? A lot of drinking, up, just stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. My 30s, I was working. I was grinding, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I wasn't paying enough attention. Mm-hmm. So I think I, that's what I challenge people to do. If you're feeling something, try to find some root causes. If mm-hmm. some things happen with your business, start asking more questions. Don't just be reactive, you know? Correct. So for now, for, I mean, at this point, when I have emotions, I'm paying more attention to them. Uh, reactions, I'm paying more attention to. Situations in my business, finances, everything. It's more of like, well, why are these things happening? So one of the things that we have had a lot of conversations on is the difference between branding and selling. Yeah. Was there a point, or have you always been motivated by the sale, or like was there a point where you finally realized, like, okay, I got to get more serious about the dollars in the business as compared to like building this magical business? I think it's a balancing act, right? Yeah. It, I've I've experienced both, where I put a lot of energy into branding. It looks pretty. It makes me excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it, but it's not producing bottom profit dollars where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And then I've done it where if you're producing a bunch of profit dollars and not putting anything in branding, you might just um, stop your ability, the longevity of that profit coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have something and you're do- you're focusing on sales, you add the brand factor to it, I think you're going to get more longevity out of that. Does that make okay, sense? Yeah. So I think that's, that's the missing factor. And plus sales to me have always come more naturally than branding. Mm-hmm. So, and now I used to say, well, I'm just not a good branding. Now I'm like, okay, now I have to put energy into it, right? Consciously, mm-hmm. like, why am I even saying that? Why am I saying I suck at branding? I'm a good salesperson. Like now it's just like, okay, now I got to put more energy into this area here. So me and you've gone back and forth about the combination. I don't think one is more important than the other, but I think they both need to exist. And I think you know, on Instagram, you have a lot of people focusing on brand and they're not focusing on bottom and sales. Right, yeah. I've, so, been, I've been that guy. Yeah, so you got to convert, you know? But you, first of all, like, once again, you got to recognize that, right? Mm-hmm. When me and you have worked on different projects, the best part of our relationship is we will acknowledge what's really happening, not what we think is happening. Mm-hmm. We're not it's, not, it's not smoke and mirrors. Like, all right, this is working, this is not working. We might not always find the solution, right. but we're well aware of what's going on. We're not lying to ourselves about the situation. But that's what's good about our relationship, right? You don't call me with some bullshit of me having to like fluff you up and make you feel good about life, you know. Uh, I come to you for the opposite, yeah. actually. <laughs> because, but it's got to come. It's, but I try to give you advice. It's never. It's always going to be factual. Mm-hmm. Hey, these things are happening. We got to start playing around with them and addressing them. Yeah. That and none of it's a failure. And I think I've emphasized that to you a thousand times. Like I love these little experiments we do. Like you know, let's do a case of bang. Let's give away a case of bang. See what kind of reaction. See how the ad works. Okay. Maybe next time we we'll do a video instead of a still picture. And just playing around with these things. It's fun. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know. What do you look for whenever like someone says, "Hey, Amber, I want to come work for you." What do you? What's like your biggest? Like, if you had a dream employee, what does that look like? Honestly, it's the role, right? So. As a leader of your company, you have to get better at assessing talent, period. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a hiring position, as the years go on, you've got to work on that ability to isolate the right talent for the right job. So there's no dream employee because if I need a warehouse person, it's going to be a different skill set than if I need a business partner to work on branding. Okay. Right? So 
I think the the thing I used to do is you think people are going to be a lot like you, mm-hmm. and I think you get older, you realize just find people who are good for what they are. That's hilarious. I'm so guilty of that. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard it put like that, but that is so that's fucking spot on. Yeah. So like you know if you if like Tony who I love and who, who does all the branding for Selfie, I love his work. By it's the awesome, way. isn't it? So the way I approach Tony, he's a creative person. Mm-hmm. I can't come at him with the same energy that somebody who is working in the warehouse, right? It's it, One's not better or different. You know, just, they're, they're just different. different one's right. not better than the other, right? It's just got to be like, okay, the warehouse guy is going to need a different set of tools and approaches than Tony will. Like Tony, I, sometimes I got to leave Tony alone, like not talk to him for a week because his brain is working. Mm-hmm. Now, I make sure I give him guidelines. Like I make sure I'm keeping the conversation within certain boundaries, right? But if you're looking for someone to be a business partner, it's a different skill set. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the overall skill set you have to get better at is assessing talent because you're not going to be able to do it yourself. You have to hire a team. You have to work with other people. And figuring out who you can work with and who you can't work with as you progress in your career is crucial. How has that changed over the last 10, 15 years for you? Like being able to... Um like, what are some things you thought you knew about being a leader then versus what you've learned and know now? I think it's just really realizing there's a difference between who a person is and then the task you need completed. Okay. Right? And just because they can't complete that task doesn't mean they're not a great person. They're just not a good fit for that role. Right? And I think I used to meet people and be like, hey, I want you to be this way. Yeah. Or I'd see that they're... 60% of the way, and I think I can push them into the night, you know, to, to be all the way 100% a certain way when that's not who they are anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm a lot better at now, and I, I save myself a lot of stress by not trying to change people, right? And I think that's something people learn in personal life and business life just find the right person for the right role. Of course, you want to guide them, and people, but do they even want to be in that role, right? I think with business partners, finding the right business partners are crucial. You get the wrong one who is exactly like you and doesn't want to do the part of the business that you're not good at, then you're going to have problems. You can't force him to go do that. Yeah. Do you, um, you have like a, such a high motor and like do good work with all the things that you do. Do you have a hard time with like having, like trusting other people to do their job? I used to, I used to be horrible at that. Anybody who worked for me or dealt with me before, there's no delegation. I try to micromanage everything. Yeah. I don't do that. Anymore. I kind of struggle with that, but I'm I'm really trying hard to like just let people be, but then like the maybe the ego in me says like, well, if I can do this better, why don't I just do it? Well, you, you only have so much bandwidth, right? Right. Yeah, and that's how I get myself in trouble a lot. Yeah. And it's kind of disrespectful to the other person. Is like let them mess up, depending mm-hmm. on what the task is, right? Right. If you let them mess up, and are you spending enough time doing training? Right? Is it really mm-hmm. their fault? And I think. <clears throat> Really letting people, you have to delegate. There's no way around it because that's how you're going to increase your bandwidth of getting stuff done. So even if you're like, I can do everything great, you're, you're limiting yourself drastically on what you're going to get done. And I'm, I was guilty of that. Um, what changed? Me calming down, right? Me paying, once again, the conversation I said earlier about being in your 30s and paying more attention to why things are happening, for me, was a big eye-opener. So a lot of things were happening because I was like, okay, well, that happened because I tried to control these variables when I didn't need to. There are some things you do need to control and you do not want to delegate away, period. But there's other things you're just, your ego's in the way. 
Mm-hmm. Just let them do it and teach them. Spend time becoming a better trainer. For me, it's spending more uh, money in, in technology or whatever it might be to train the staff better. And, I, and I, some things I'm not very good at, so I'll have some of these brands that sell me products. I have my guys doing mandatory webinars. Mm-hmm. And you'll realize, once again, I use that as a tool. If my employee wants to do a webinar to learn more about vitamins and supplements, they're a great fit. Right. Right. If they're like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they don't have a passion for vitamins and supplements. They probably shouldn't be at health spot. So, and, and I'm a lot quicker to fire mm-hmm. than I was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I'd keep you around because I felt bad and I believed that things are, and now I'm just like, no, this is not a good fit. I can separate the two, though. I could be like, you're a great person, but just not a good fit for this role. And I think you have to get used to making sure, if you're in a, in a position where you're hiring and firing, you have to get used to firing quicker because it's disrespectful to other employee, or that employee to keep them in a role that they're not good at, you know they're not good at, and you're just trying to shove it and make work. Yeah, and they're, if they're not good at they probably don't enjoy it. Yeah, or they don't want it. They don't want to learn it, right? So someone comes to me, and I'm like, here's some webinars on, you know, different supplements, um, and they have zero desire. This is probably not a good fit for them. It has nothing to do with their character or who they are as a person. It's just not a right fit for them in that job. Same thing in the warehouse. If you're, like, moving slow and you can't get things done, you probably shouldn't be in the warehouse picking, packing, receiving, and doing all this stuff. It's probably not a good fit for you. That's not for everybody. Um I think assessing talent, once again, figuring out who fits in what roles, I, I don't care like what kind of company you're running. That's a crucial skill set. Spend time, read books, listen to podcasts. You have to get good at assessing talent. And, of course, at the beginning, you're going to make mistakes. But mm-hmm. the goal should be consciously paying attention to how did I hire last? Am I doing a better job of hiring? Am I doing a better job of developing people who want to be here? And it's an ongoing situation but the question is you can get so caught up with the day-to-day grind of your business that you're not even paying attention to that skill set that you need to have to grow your business yeah i think i'm pretty guilty of that yeah you just in the grind man that's normal you're like man i'm busy i ain't got time to think about these things uh but they cost you in the end yeah and the funny thing i mean i think this is probably most people but my favorite thing is to think about the directions that we can take and to think about like what we can do but you know yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's it's much easier to think and dream than it is to actually sit down and do the work but like, the top level stuff is fun right yeah it's enjoyable yeah yeah and working with people who are who like exactly what you like is fun but you still got to like, okay, I got to go find this person to do this skill. And you don't want to rush it just because you don't like to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's that's going to be the key. But when you do, when you get better at it, your job gets exponentially easier because now you're paying attention to hiring those right people in the right places to give you more bandwidth to focus on the higher level stuff because you're not worried about the microphone isn't connected correctly because you hired the wrong guy to connect it all or whatever it might be. You just made me like double check. I was like, (laughs) I hope everything's on. But you know, like whatever it might be, you know, if you got somebody who's focused on the website and you hire that position wrong and they're struggling in there, it's going to make your life rough. So you can't focus on, you know, the top level stuff because the, the, the checkout cart isn't working on your website, you know, because you hired the wrong person. Yeah. That's, I mean, you've been there, bro. Drive crazy. Yeah, it does. I mean, we've had the same issue in our back end for like two months now, but it just hasn't been hasn't been fixed. So in that situation, I'd be like, okay, do I have the right people on the team to solve that problem? And then two, am I holding them accountable? And probably three, like, do I have the right tools in place? And I think in this day and age, the tools are crucial. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to pay attention to what tools are available 
to get stuff done. Like we use Slack as a communication tool for our our people. Phenomenal, you know. Yeah. You know that, yeah. So, you know, finding the right tools for what you're doing is crucial. I struggled with website stuff constantly until Shopify. So finding the right tool made a huge difference in my ability to get the job accomplished. Yeah, we were talking about Shopify the other day. Oh, I love and Shopify. Yeah, I want to... So I guess maybe I don't understand what's different about Shopify compared to other e-commerce platforms. Just user-friendly, man. That's yeah. it. Honestly, it just takes a lot of the... just makes it easier. That's it. And you sell, you sell via Shopify. Do you, also, you also sell on Amazon, right? Uh, I, I dabble a little bit in Amazon. I just... The problem with Amazon is it's just a shady game. I'm not, I'm not the Amazon hater, right? Right. But the platform is designed for Amazon to win. Right. So Amazon, you know, I, I've done it. I've done a lot of stuff on Amazon. But so you know, they'll take like what's working and make their own shit. And yeah. Then yep. I sold. Out. Yep. I sold H and B on Amazon, and then all of a sudden they they came out with a private label of their own. So I mean, I'm not knocking them, but I'm well aware of their game, mm-hmm. right? So if I tell people if you're gonna sell on Amazon, I don't tell people not to. I tell people understand the rules of the game, and Amazon owns that customer. You don't. You're right. renting that customer. And when you're renting that customer, things can go wrong if Amazon decides to get in your game. There, look at just a couple of weeks ago, was it last week, where Nike pulled out of Amazon. So Nike is no longer going to be selling direct-to-consumer on Amazon. Hmm. And I don't know all the details, but I wouldn't be surprised if part of the factor is, you know, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know this for a fact, but counterfeits are a big issue on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I think Nike's had issues, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. And then, you know, not having control of that, customer you're renting that customer how important is that like owning the customer i mean it's everything right i i think if you look at shopify and why they've had their growth is they are creating a back end to help people service their customers better and you know your customer right Mm -hmm. when you're selling to somebody on amazon you have no idea you know their name you know their address but you can't contact them you're violating all kinds of policy that's their customer really yeah wow i can't be like hey you know you bought this through amazon now buy it from me i mean there's some Sneaky ways you can do that, but you're not supposed to do that. Right. right? Damn, and I never even realized that. You can't even contact them like via email. They're or... not your customer, right? Wow. So think about it. Amazon is not going to be very happy if you try to sidestep them out of their commissions. Of course. So they're making commission from selling the product, and typically if you're doing FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon, where mm-hmm. they have it in their warehouse and ship it to you, then they're taking a cut there too. So it's, you know, I don't knock it. I just say understand Amazon before you go play in that world because there are plenty of people who've been doing a million dollars a year in sales on Amazon. They're buying inventory. Their only sales channel is Amazon, and they violate some policy they didn't understand, and they their shop gets closed down. Now, when that happens, there's not a 1-800 number you can call and have an appeal. It doesn't work that way. So they're notoriously hard to deal with if you're trying to get your store turned back on. And imagine if you're a small business and you've got – Fifty thousand dollars in inventory. Your only sales channel is Amazon, and Amazon cuts you off. That's that's scary. Yeah. So I'll dabble in Amazon, but it's never going to be my only revenue stream. Okay. So Shopify helps you keep control of the well. Shopify is just a software that Mm -hmm. you know. I have Hellspot.com. It just runs on on Shopify. So it's just a tool, right? So uh, I can see my customers. They're my customers. I'm seeing everything. They're just a software tool to help you, you know, maintain your website, and that's what. I'd probably say 90% of any new company is going to use Shopify for that tool. Okay. And it's just going to continue to evolve. If you're doing a shopping cart, I highly recommend it. There's no reason not to. Yeah, we've looked at it a little bit. 
but we're selling a software product, so I don't know if that would even work. But we also have you know looked at shipping some things, like having a marketplace, a marketplace on our platform. Just because like we have so much traffic and so many people that are into the same things, like why would we not offer that? I agree, hundred yeah. percent. And I, and I think anybody, if you're going to sell anything online, you, you need to use Shopify. I know I sound like a Shopify commercial. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it, that's probably. What, I mean, ideally, like if you have a customer, you want them talking the way that you're talking about Shopify. Exactly. I mean, the, I, I, look, I just used I used Magento, which is another big one. I used OS Commerce. I've used other platforms, and you can't even compare it. I think in the next five years, you're going to see some of these websites have some serious competition because Shopify has done so well. But right now, you do not need to have a bunch of technical skills to launch a great e-commerce website on there. Are there any other companies that you're bullish on? Even though the Slack stock is down like 40% when they IPO'd this summer, I'm a huge fan of Slack. Because yeah. that's a big problem I had with four stores, is you have employees sitting in the store and they just feel alone, right? Mm-hmm. So you try to make your team feel like a team. Um, there's a bunch of team software out there, I believe, but I like Slack. Yeah, Slack's, yeah. Yeah. Slack's great. You're a big Slack fan, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't use it as much. Now we just, I mean, we... We are all remote anyway. We just have a big old group text going. Yeah. But that would be a different situation. But we we were using it for a long time, and it was just helpful to keep things organized. For me, it's like the employees don't have to worry about a text message coming from me. Like 99% of it is in Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. then they can turn off the notifications in Slack when they're not at work. Right. Right? So they can disconnect. Because I'm a big fan of that. If you're... I don't disconnect. Right. But, I was just you know, like, like, really? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't do it. But with, uh, you know, with my employees, if, you know, if you're working at HealthSpot and you're off Tuesday and Thursday, I don't want you to be getting a bunch of notifications through a group text. Turn it off. Mm-hmm. And you know it's confined to Slack. And Slack makes things easier. It's easier to keep things, you know, all together. And it's free. So, you know, I think it's the last 10,000 messages, I believe. Is that right? Do you know? I have no idea. You keep the last 10,000. And after that, you have to pay if you want to have unlimited history accessibility. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's a great tool. I wonder how many people use the paid version. It is a great tool. I think it's growing. I think it's going to continue to go. That's they got a little bit of competition, I guess, coming into the mix too. Who? I think it's Mike uh, Microsoft Teams. It's called Teams. Okay. I don't know who owns it, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, maybe it's Microsoft. I think Facebook's coming out with something too. Yeah, they have Facebook Business. It's, Maybe it's I don't know, but the uh, Facebook they have a lot of cool tools for marketing, but I can't see anybody managing their business through Facebook, especially since nobody trusts Facebook. Yeah, no, I agree. Facebook and Microsoft definitely have things. I like the owner of um, Slack. I think he's got good setup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's worked for me. You know, here's the thing about tr- tools. I probably tried, like, legitimately, no exaggeration. I've probably tried fifty tools in the last year. So just try stuff. Damn. Oh, you know, even finding like a good chat service for our website. So if you went on there and you want to talk I, to somebody, I stole that one from you. Yeah. Is it Tidio or Tidio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I great. That. Yeah, that was probably the fourth one I tried. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would just try one. I'd use it. and I'm like, it's not feeling it. Let me see what else is out there. Like, pay attention because sometimes you'll get in that grind where you're feeling the friction of using the software and you don't even take time to see what else is out there. Yeah. I've been in that mode too. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just too busy. Guilty. You know? Yeah. But that I think it's called Tidio Tidio. T-I-D-I-O? Yeah, I know. It's like, you can go with Tidio, but it doesn't sound as cool as Tidio, but then it yeah. sounds like Tidio. <laughs> but it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great software. That's what you guys use now? Yeah. That's great. Yep, yeah, I got a couple of clients using it now, too. Beautiful, yeah. It's just it's just good. 
Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. It's I, pretty. Shopify just launched native chat, like their own chat. Oh, that's nice. I don't like it as good. Oh, really? It's still like beta, man. It's still trying to figure that stuff out. So I think they're still trying to work through those things. But that's what's good to talk to other business people, right? That's what I enjoy. Like, hey, what do you use for this? What do you use for this? And even when it's not even related to your industry, it still can spark ideas in you. Like, oh, man, I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. So I, whenever I have things like to ask about business, I, I come to you a lot. Who do you go to with your questions? Depends on what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll just pick up the phone and no ego. I'll call people all the time. Just just depends on what, what the actual... Um, I have other guys who own multiple store someone chains. Sometimes I'll talk to a guy with just one store to see what he's doing because sometimes he's doing because he's, he's in one store six days a week. He knows something I don't know at that time, and I'm going to take one of those ideas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes dealing with employees or dealing with setting up a, a multi-store operation, I'll talk to people who have multiple stores. Um, I've told you before, the guys at S2 have been phenomenal. The guys that own First Form, they have a bunch of stores. The guys, these guys in Wisconsin that have multiple stores. Anybody I have who has multiple stores, the guys who own a few brands down in Texas, they got multiple stores. So mm-hmm. we just, I, I'll call anybody, you know, just because I don't have, I, I know I don't know everything. So I'm going to talk to, there's a guy in Columbus who has one location, you know, and I'll tap into his. Uh, it's called Vince's Muscle Shop, and it's Vince. If you're in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> go, see, go see Vince. There's a plug for Vince. So, but Vince is awesome. And, you know, just see what everybody's doing. Some of the stuff, maybe 90% of it, you'll be like, it's not going to fit what I'm doing. But that 10%, you're never going to see if you stay in your bubble. So we hear, all, like, you know I'm a big Andy Pacello guy. Yep. Hear all the time and feel like I know him personally. But I'm very interested in hearing, like, about Chris. I know you've kind of talked about him a little bit, just, like, how just on top of things he is. Yeah, Chris is great. I mean, you know, here's the thing. These guys have experiences, and I think that, you know, they've got, I think, 20 stores. That's um, crazy. And the guys that own Five Star have got, like, 60 stores. Like, you just talk to these guys. I mean, they're just a wealth of, of knowledge. They've already done it. So why are you going to try to do it yourself? Mm-hmm. And once again, you'll be surprised when you reach out to talk to people how many people <clears throat> want to help you. Mm-hmm. Now, as long as they don't view you as a direct competitor or they don't think you're going in their market or they're coming into your market, I usually get people to talk. But you will have egos. Like, don't kid yourself. Some of these guys, like, they're not going to tell you anything Yeah. because they're worried about you coming to their market, even when it's irrational. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen uh, numerous times. How many different vitamin and supplement stores have you seen since you've been working with Hellspot, like, that have come into Indianapolis and are no longer with us? Oh, my gosh. At least, you know, five or six chains have came in here. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's been a numerous amount of stores have came and gone. And sometimes they just, sometimes it's the operator, sometimes it's the um, the franchise model, mm-hmm. sometimes it's the actual business model, it just doesn't work here. Plus, it's a grind, right? It's retail. Yeah. And I think it's not sexy. And what's been, so what's kept you around for so long? <sighs> I'm stubborn, man. You yeah. Know? I'm stubborn and I love it. I genuinely, because I've seen what happened, I genuinely believe vitamins used correctly can really affect people. And what's great about HealthSpot is it's that bridge to have conversations about other things, right? Maybe I need to connect that customer with a trainer. Maybe I need to connect that customer with some diet advice. Um, Maybe it needs to be a chiropractor. I mean, who knows what it is? The Mm -hmm. idea is the HealthSpot is a great place because they're coming in that door. I tell my employees this all the time. Someone's opening that door because they're trying to accomplish something. I like that. Right? So really like that. And it really comes down to do you care or not? So this is how I hire people, right? I don't care if you know about supplements or not. The idea mm-hmm. is, do you care? Because you can't fake that. So if somebody opens that door and they're like, I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to compete 
or I'm trying to get healthier, do you care? Because if you care and you don't know the answer, you're going to call me, you're going to call a manufacturer, you're going to call people and you're going to get answers for that customer. Um, so I love it, man. It's just fun. I think I can, I think I can add value every once in a while. Somebody will tell me something I did that helped them. And that if I had 1% of 1% to do with somebody reaching their goals, you can really feed off that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's a fun business and it's ever evolving, right? So the retail game now is way different than it was 10 years ago. I like how you're adding experience. I'll let you keep going. Yeah. And, and it'll be way different 10 years from now. But I've been doing the same thing for a while. And granted, I, you know, I've, I've jumped into a few other things, but the core has been the same. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't beat experience. Yeah. Well, I like, so like you brought in the, the end bodies. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, that's like a move that you just don't, you wouldn't think of unless you're outside of the box and thinking about the end goal for the customer instead of just selling supplements. Yeah, because I saw competitors doing it, right? Right. So, I, you know, I knew it worked. I knew it converted. And that particular one, I think it was from the five-star guys. S2's got them now too, but uh, people started getting the in bodies and we're like, okay, listen, let's add value to the mix. So you come in there and it's a $7,000 machine to give you analysis so you know how much body fat and how much muscle mass. Mm-hmm. It holds me accountable, right? So I'm more, the, the idea is I want you to see results. So if we can track them, it's even better. Right. So why not use the in body? So people, I was just talking to a guy in Fishers, you know, is, came in and he, you, it, at the bottom of the in body, it tracks it. So you come in once a month, buy your supplements, get your free in-body, do your thing from there. So you want to add value whenever you can to the customer's experience. Because the biggest thing that you can hear people talk about constantly is retail experience. People want to have an experience when they go into a retail environment. And it's it's not easy to accomplish. Right. You know, it's an easy thing to say. It's a very hard thing to do. What's next? You know, Hellspot 2.0, man. It's really the the next phase of what retail is going to look like. It's going to be continuing to increase Hellspot.com sales, continuing mm-hmm. to create more and more of an omni-channel so people can go to both from the retail perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the branding stuff, be- the you know, the, with Selfie, because there's no limit, right, of a category I want to get into. So when I see uh, a certain supplement doesn't exist that I think should, I, I'm quick to be able to produce that, right? And team up with people to produce things. It's fun, man. The, having your own brand is fun. Uh, it's just tons and tons of work. Yeah. So, and then dabbling with some things completely outside of retail and supplements too. And for the first time, because I really had my head down just doing that. Care to share or no? Nah, not yet. Okay. So, but, the, but, that, but the idea is to, I think it makes me better too, right? So dabble in something that's completely different. And I think when you dabble in something that's completely different, then... You, you learn that feeds that too. Yeah. I mean, you've been, you've done a ton of stuff since I met you, you know? Right. So all those things feed to that same person, right? So mm-hmm. it just gives you an experience, whether it's customer service or handling stress or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's weird how, so like my last employment job was in the liquor industry and it's weird what I've been able to take from the liquor industry and bring it into health and fitness, even though they're completely, completely they're literally opposite yeah. sides of the spectrum. But taking all these different experiences that I've had, whether it be uh, so working for Caitlin's uncle doing concrete, yeah, um, you know the alcohol, the software, like taking all these experiences and being able to bring them together for one new experience, you know, no ego, man. I mean, same thing when I talk to you when it comes to well, I know you have more experience than I do. I'm going to ask you a thousand questions, like how does this look? I remember first time I met you, first thing I did was pull up my phone and showed you my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what do you think? And you're like, well, I would change this and this and this and this. I, I don't have any ego. I don't care how long I've been doing business. I'm like, okay, that's great advice. I'm going to take that and go implement it. And uh, that was, you know, 
super impressive with you when I first met you was you just implemented fast. And yeah. usually I don't see that. Usually it's like, oh, this drags out for like a month. Yeah. Well, I had wanted to work with you for a while. Um, I think I sent like a cold email like when we first started. And then it was just like wild that we just ran into each other in but, public. But, but now take that experience at the very beginning, right? And and now, even like even with the best of intentions, how many cold emails and cold yeah, touches yep. do you get? Right? <laughs> yep. So so, <laughs> so I e- get it. Yeah, <laughs> now now you see it's like even with the best of intention, you can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing where people send me brands like I'll, I'll, the ones that like show me insurance and do the stuff. I pay attention to because yeah. you never know when the next one's gonna come. Yep. But man, it's a lot. But yeah. once again, talking about bandwidth, I got sure- like six cold emails yesterday. Yeah. And see? It's like, well, I'm sorry. Like that's. Not important right now. Well, how many DMs do you get about, you know, things um, you, you really can't, even if you want to, address every single thing? 10 or 20 a day, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes just things just work out. And when we met that day, it was great. And, you know, within a week, implementing our first task. And then really, over the last two years, me and you have had tons of experience where you get to get, get a gauge for that person and their business acumen, mm-hmm. but you also get a, get a gauge of that person's character. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you're, n- you're not going to do me wrong. It's not going to happen. So if something happens wrong, I know it's never intentional. Hey, man, this just happened. And I think that with people you want to be in business with for a long time, you better get a gauge of their character because it's yeah. going to affect you one way or the other. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to hop on here. I really Absolutely. appreciate all the mentorship you've, yeah, you've man, had with it. me. It's It means yeah, a lot. Keep so awesome, man. I, appreciate I appreciate you. It. Thanks for having me. Yep. See ya. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to check out Hellspot and Hellspot.com. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's usually like next day shipping if you go online, right? If you're in indie, most of the stuff is going to be okay. pretty quick. And we implemented a few hundred products that are free shipping. So I'd definitely jump on there and take a look to see the products are free shipping. And and feel free to message it through Tidio. Tidio yeah, yep. Uh, if you have questions about the website or something you don't see on there, we're, it's still a, a work in progress when it comes to um, everything we're doing on hellspot.com. But it's cool. We've got a lot, a lot more innovation coming for the website. Yeah, and guys, like, I'll, I'll never get supplements anywhere else. Um, I've seen, like, Amber at, like, 6.30 on a Thursday night packing orders to ship out. So Whatever it takes, man. Yep. It's, uh, it's a great place to do business with. So thanks for listening, y'all. Wait till I get my money right.